Grace is favor, the free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God, adoptive sons, partakers of the divine nature and eternal life. Grace is a participation in the life of God. Welcome to the first week of Lent, Beth. Thank you, Jenna. I feel warmly welcomed. (laughs) How fun was our live last week? The best? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually love this devotional. And you know, Jenna, you know the backstory here. You know this this devotional was a journey yeah. for us. So I think I brought some of that into Lent and like revisiting it to use it. But I am being healed. Like I think it's so beautiful. And the Lord is already doing things in me just by revisiting the beautiful writing, the images, the scripture, Isaiah 53. I love it. I'm loving it. It's only I'm been loving it. it's only been a half a week, also known as Ash Wednesday week, but I am into it. I'm also into McDonald's jingle. Jenna, how was Ash Wednesday week for you? Great. Anytime I can get to mass, it's a good time. Praise God. I need all the grace I can get. Amen. Yeah, me too. I met this priest friend. Actually, you met him too. His name is Father Michael Nimchek. Mm-hmm. He was our chaplain on the February retreat. But I saw him at Seek. Long, fun story. Our paths kept crossing. And at the end of the night, I think I must have asked him like, oh, another priest was like, hey, I'm going to see you tomorrow and I'll pray over you. And Father Michael is like looking at me like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, I'm greedy for grace, you know? And he goes, you seem like that kind of gal. (laughs) And it's true. I am very greedy for grace. We need that on a shirt. What? Why haven't you told me this before? I feel like I say it all the time. Literally never. (laughs) So you're talking to your other president and best friend. Listen, (laughs) I say it a lot. I am greedy for grace. But I've questioned, is that appropriate to say? If Beth has said it to you, please answer in the comment box. She's never said it to me. Listen, don't try to tell me who I am. (laughs) I generally... BD has a lot of friends, guys. If you need to learn one thing about her, a lot of people love her. In case you're wondering. (laughs) Now I'm just thinking about how Aubrey says, there's one thing about me. She proceeds to say 10 different things. She says it all the time. It's the greatest. Aubrey is on her staff. She's our designer. She's incredible. One of our designers. Uh-huh. Well, Beth, greedy for grace. Greedy TM. for grace. TM. Isn't that so good? Yeah. I mean, I just know my weakness. I am so weak, you know? Yeah. I cannot do this. Sometimes I look back and I think, how did I ever not go to daily mass? Mm-hmm. It took me a long time, though, to, to get there. Yeah. The graces of the mass, the graces of sacraments, grace in general, is, I think, subtle by nature. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we immediately feel the benefits of it. Like we've all had that experience even of like going to confession and you're like, eh, I didn't feel anything. He didn't say anything like super profound. I didn't have any, you know, insightful moments and all my problems were solved in the confessional. Like, is this really worth it? But the repetition of it allows for the grace to like take deep root, seeds. I don't know. I think I always think in like agricultural imagery. Mm -hmm. The grace is planted and takes root long before we see it blossom and like come to fruition. Yeah. 
Something that Olivia Spears said to me years ago that I have loved since then Mm. is that we are given the grace for every moment. And that is life-changing. Yes. I have grace for every single moment. Thanks be to God. Give me an example of how that's like Hmm. set you free. Hmm. Say more about that. Let me count the ways. (laughs) (laughs) Having a hard time Mm. in a difficult conversation, Mm. in some conflict. I have grace for this moment. He is giving me grace for this moment. I don't have to worry about the grace for the next moment. All I have is this one right here. My child is running out into the street because she's a little runner. I have grace to be patient and kind Mm. and good to her while also scaring the bejesus out of her so that she stops doing that. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah, she needs to know. Literally grace for every moment. Okay, I'm going to take your grace for every moment. No, not push back. I'm going to push forward. (laughs) Level up. I'm going to level this up because another very holy friend and writer – of blessed is she, Megan Homestead, she will often say to me, you don't have grace for that yet. Mm, yes. Like, why are you worrying about that? No. Because you you don't have the grace for that. You know, when we're running through all these things, like it could be this, what if that, what do I do when? It's like, it hasn't happened yet. So you don't have the grace for it. But when it happens, if it happens, whatever God wills, then you will have the grace for it. Yes. That's good. So good. Grace. Wow. How is he so good? Explain to us what grace is. Wow. I felt that this question was coming and I thought, I wish I would have looked it up in the catechism before we got started. It's just about six feet from, five feet from us. I can't reach it, but I can see it. Mm-hmm. Could I Lord, use my could laptop? could you implant it in our head? I'm going to use my laptop. This is actually very interesting because... Or could you reveal it? It's called mm. revelation. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Listen, friend, I sent you this video yesterday. Oh, okay. Of a Protestant pastor being interviewed, and he's just, he's On very Instagram wise. I love him. No, no, no. It was like a longer interview. And oh. I was like, hey, I hated this interview. I <laughs> I figured you meant like the interviewer. I kind of did. Okay. Like her course of questions. I was like, wow. wow, Yeah. Like you're talking to this guy and that's what you're asking him? That's weird. At yeah. one point she says to him, define grace. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I know. I feel this like I was set up for, for this you, question. Beauty. But actually, I'm glad we're talking about this now because I, we do not believe the same thing about grace. As Protestants. We no. do not. Which nope. is why we're going to turn to the catechism. The handy dandy. This is like Blue's Clues. Is that a thing? We are talking about Blue's Clues. We are talking about Blue's Clues and my handy dandy notebook. It's our handy dandy catechism. Any Blue's Clues lovers? I loved Blue's Clues. Just me? I have no idea what you're talking about. We are talking about Blue's Clues. I don't remember the middle words. <clears throat> you want me to Google that too nope. while I'm here? Just the handy dandy. Okay. I actually, if I would have tried to just freestyle this, I would have actually gotten this. It's too late for me to prove that. <laughs> it's way too late. Because No one believes you. Because <clears throat> I didn't want to be a heretic. Like I want, totally. <laughs> we always just want to tell you what the church says. You guys, this is real. We sometimes... I look back or I stumble upon oh, an no. old video of us oh, geez. and I'm like, yikes. But yeah. you know, the Lord uses weak, feeble people. Amen. Yeah. And Jenna, speaking of grace, 
our videos <laughs> are proof of the power of the grace of conversion. Yes. Okay, the Catechism of the Catholic Church defines grace like this, quote, grace is favor, the free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God, adoptive sons, partakers of the divine nature and eternal life. Grace, here it is, this is billboard, this is what the church believes about grace. Grace is a participation in the life of God. That is very good. That is very good. Excuse me? Grace is a participation in the life of God. I also like grace's favor, the free and undeserved help that God gives us. For what? For everything? Yes. But to give us a... To respond. To respond to his call to become children of God. Grace to respond to him. That's what grace is. Every grace is unto our responding to his call to become children of God. I'm glad we looked that up. What do the Protestants say? Or this particular Protestant, I'm sure. Maybe they describe it differently. Uh, grace is help. Grace is That love. is help. Yeah, but help unto what? Like this gives us the end. Okay. You know what I mean? Grace to respond. Favor, help to respond to God's call. Mm-hmm. Which, sure, they're saying that I think the difference is we believe there's grace in sacraments. Yes. 100%. Different kind of grace. Do you want to look up sacramental grace? Hmm. Catechism. Justine Callis on our team, she gave this incredible talk at Seek about um, how to talk to Protestants about the faith. Mm -hmm. And um, we did a little Q&A after. And we say it all the time. It's just like a part of our culture. But she said, do you know what you can do? If you don't know the answer to something, you can just Google sacramental grace catechism, sacramental grace Catholic answer. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we don't Google enough. You know what I mean? That's all I do is Google. Someone texted me yesterday. What? I told them a time I was available. What time is that in, in central time? It took everything in me not to say Google it. Google our time difference. Because mm -hmm. now I'm just Googling our time difference to tell you. What time? But humility, you know? <laughs> Sacrificial love. It's not very humble of me to be talking about it, but you get the point. Google for good. This is fascinating. Grace escapes our experience and cannot be known except by faith. Y yes, that's it. That's what I mean about the subtlety of grace. It's crazy. Yeah. Why are we talking about grace? I mean, grace for every moment. Amen. And it's subtle. And we're greedy for it. This is so true. Now I have that song in my head that I've never even heard before. We we no, what we are talking about is the first week of Lent, Isaiah 53. I'm just going to say words and you tell me if anything, if anything stirs. Do Isaiah you wanna, 53. Do you want to read to us the two verses for this week? Yeah, I would love to. Remind the folks what we're doing. Yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of living in Isaiah 53. We're walking with the suffering servant prophesied in Isaiah 53 and fulfilled in Jesus Christ in the Gospels. Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3 for week 1. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, 
a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, and as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. You know what's incredible to me? Hmm. Do you know a grace that I marvel at regularly? That we live on this side of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Because you can't read those verses and not see Jesus. Mm. You can't read these verses and not understand how they perfectly prophesy the passion and death of Jesus. I just, I see him when I read these words. A man of suffering. Mm. Excuse me while I go do a holy hour on that title, man of suffering acquainted with infirmity. Like he gets it. He's familiar with it. He knows it. I just want to melt into my chair right now. Okay. So in Isaiah 53, Mm -hmm. we are walking kind of stanza by stanza through these weeks. And you and I really, we looked at what was prophesied here Mm -hmm. and we looked at the person of Jesus in his passion. And then we drew out these different characteristics. Like what does his passion reveal to us about his nature and character? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is that a good way, do you think, to sum that up? Totally. So each of the weeks, you might notice in our Lent devotional, focus on an attribute of Jesus, the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. And the one we drew out for these two stanzas is patient. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I mean, I don't remember everything we like talk about our plan. But when I read, he grew up before him like a young plant. Mm. I think about the patience of God mm-hmm. to send his only begotten son as a baby. This could be a whole conversation, a whole probably season as to why this was so radical, why Satan rebelled at God becoming one of his own creatures, at just the incomprehensibility, I think that's a word, (laughs) of God becoming so weak and poor and small, the miracle of that, the generosity of that, the poverty of that, and the patience that for 30 years of his life, the God man was hidden and quiet Mm -hmm. and obedient to his parents. So to me, there's a patience in like the growing up and the the nature and character of Jesus that he would, I don't want to say persevere, but maybe the humility that he would just live that quiet life over days and weeks and months and years. Mm-hmm. I do feel like Jesus had an end game, you know, like he knew what was going to happen mm. at the end. I don't know if that helps with patience or makes you more impatient knowing what's going to happen at the end. Well, everything about Jesus is perfect. So even that like divine knowledge would have been perfect. So his patience was perfect, you know? Yes. Yeah. So he wasn't impatient at all. (laughs) He was perfectly patient. I do think, however, there's a longing. Mm. I think the Lord, I think even what we experience like in prayer or like stressful times in life, this like desperation or longing for God is actually just a reflection of his longing for us, yes. his desire for us. So I think there's desire in him, but he's willing to wait. Mm-hmm. What I love about us picking out these characteristics, attributes, was this invitation I feel for us to become like him. Mm. And not in the sense of like, hey, this is like a good guy and we should all become like him because he's good. No, it's because he's actually 
like the God of the universe who created us and is perfect and calls us to be perfect, just as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And that it's possible by grace to share in his divine life. Yes. To become like him, to share in his divinity. It's insane. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just like, how do I live in the perfect patience Mm. of Jesus? You know, people always say patience is a virtue. Yeah. I mean, I also want to throw out some quippy patience kind of things that people think about, like, don't pray for patience. You'll get opportunities to practice it. I just like... (laughs) Whose voice is that? (laughs) I don't know. You know, (laughs) some YouTuber. I don't know. A YouTuber. (laughs) Somebody. People. What I'm trying to say is, (laughs) I think what we're being invited into is a deeper reflection upon patience and the patience of Jesus and a deeper call to patience in our own lives Mm. and in our relationship with him in the unfolding of our salvation and healing. So not just like, I'm okay waiting in line, like, which feels like an act of God, you know, for us to have grace, to be patient with a toddler. Like, I'm not trying to downplay that, but there is even more. Yes. Which I think is what you're describing. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you have to be patient with on like a heart level, not like Mm -hmm. just like looking virtuous? Okay. So I think the surface answer for me would be my vocation. Okay. But the moment I even like interiorly turn to the Lord and ask him, The answer is so clear. Hmm. The place or the person I need to be patient with most and most often is myself. Mm -hmm. I need to be patient with myself. Mm -hmm. And that is to say I need grace to be patient with the slow work of God in me. Mm -hmm. There was a moment – we talked in the last podcast series where where we were walking through the Advent devotional, and for me – how I really encountered the good shepherd was going after these different parts of me, these like exiled parts of me, broken or fractured parts of my heart. And I think when I first became aware of what was happening in prayer, it's like I was in this big like field on like a picnic blanket and there are all these fractured parts of my heart like acting out, you know? And I was feeling very overwhelmed and Like, I just want them all to, like, come into order and be okay and, like, everybody, like, chill, you know? It's (laughs) embarrassing and, how are we here? I've been walking with the Lord for, you know, 25 years. Like, who are these people? Mm. And I just felt very deeply, and, and the Lord, like, would reiterate this to me throughout for as long as I was in that image in prayer, which was weeks, would just say to me, like, none of this is new to me. You might just now be aware of how these parts of you have kind of fractured off, but this doesn't overwhelm me. I've always seen all of this. Mm. I've always loved all of this. And all of this, all of you has always belonged to me. Mm. And there was a real peace in that. So again, there, there's kind of a, an example of my impatience with myself, wanting to be like further along, more mature, more healed. And the Lord saying, I'm not worried about it. Mm, Yeah. That's beautiful. 
Yeah, it was very um, consoling, mm-hmm. peaceful. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel so like overwhelming. And I, I can have a tendency to do that in prayer. Like there's a lot of work to do, mm. you know, and to yes. get discouraged. Yeah, but this was like, sit down, have a snack. Like, let's just welcome this part of you that is really lonely or afraid, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is the opposite of how I've engaged those parts of me. A lot of like shaming, mm-hmm. blaming, wanting myself to be better. Sometimes I genuinely think it is a grace from God that my vocation has unfolded in the way it has because I think I would have brought a lot of this brokenness and these expectations and like put them on my little children. Like I would have, um, I would have like continued in the line of brokenness, you know? Wow. The ways that I was fractured, I would have wounded my children. Wow. And wanted them to be better than they are actually capable of being at that age, you know? Mm-hmm. So instead I'm like learning to sit down and have a snack with this little part of myself, you know? Yeah. And like be okay that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is right here and he's okay. Wow. I was um, talking with some friends about like generational mm. family things. Yeah. And, you know, each one of us brings all of our stuff from our past to future relationships. Yeah. And like families, how we treat our spouse, how we treat our children. And, you know, we're all trying to be hyper focused on fixing the thing that we felt so broken by totally. in the past. Yeah. And I'm also like an extremely competitive person. And like, I want to be, which I'm realizing now I need to bring this to the Lord. I want to be like the best mom I can be for them. Like I want to be totally purified and holy mm. so that I treat them perfectly mm. as our heavenly father is yeah, perfect. Yeah. You want like, to be a reflection of his yes. perfect love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like want him to be in every single part of me that they no longer see me, but they see the Lord. Mm. Wow. And Whoa. I have a long way to go. <laughs> wow. Can, I'm sorry. Can, can I just stop you? Yeah. You want them to recognize the love of God in your love. What a beautiful mission for your yeah. motherhood. Yeah. Wow. Now I can see how the enemy might twist that, totally. <laughs> you know, and, and shame you or, yeah. But the I just want to like stop and say like how beautiful the heart of that is. Yeah. And so I have this like fear of like, where am I going to mess up? Mm-hmm. Where is the... I've thought this often. I don't know if I've said this here, Mm. but like, what is their first memory of me going to be? Like, is their first memory going to be me on my computer telling them to wait? Wow. Me like yelling at them after they did something, like running into the street. (laughs) But they don't remember the running into the street part. They just remember like the screaming face of this like angry person. Wow. My mother screaming at me. Wow. Anyway, so I have like a lot of... um anxiety about how they're going to like walk away from this home Mm -hmm. and grow into adults, young Mm -hmm. adults, have their own families. And my friend was just sharing kind of her own family's story of restoring and redeeming their generational struggles. Yeah. Sins. Yeah. And she said, basically, like my dad did this one beautiful thing to like rectify the past that was done to him. Wow. But like 
we still have so far to go. But he like fixed that, the Lord through him fixed that one thing, mm. that one generational sin, whether it be alcoholism, addiction, anger. Oh, anger is huge. Yeah. Yes. The inability to have conflict, healthy conflict in general. Totally. Anyway, any of those things that you're like, yeah, that is a core wound in my life because right. of my, it, it's something that happened in my childhood. Anyway, she just said like, it was a step. And like, we're still unfolding. Mm. The like generational health of our family is still unfolding. Whereas I've always mm. felt like I need to fix it on this go round or I'll have lost my chance wow. to like repair anything. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Do you know what I'm saying? I sure do. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Perfect sense. It was just so freeing to be like, oh, okay. Like God is highlighting something in my life that I, with his grace, like gets to be restored and brought to health, grown as a young plant. Yeah. Restored to health, but I don't have to have fixed all of it. Like he's just going to do bit by bit in like a ripple effect for generations to come. Yeah. It's not up to you. But like in a lot of ways, I got to take the first step. Totally. And Mike got to take the first step. Yes. And like it just feels so free to be like, we stepped in this direction with you, Lord, and you will do the rest for generations yes, to come. Yes. It reminds me of the definition of grace, grace mm. to respond to God's call. Yes. Because who Jesus is, is a restorer, healer, redeemer, resurrected Lord. And so by you taking that step, you're responding to his grace and partnering with him to bring about healing, restoration, redemption in your bloodline. Yes. Not just for your children, but as you're saying, for the generations. Mm -hmm. Even like Liana sharing about like having like a scarcity mindset. Yes. In our lives, like we can respond. She doesn't have to undo all of that in her lifetime. Like she can just respond by God's grace in little ways. And he incrementally in the patience of grace will like, heal it for years to come. I also think just in terms of scarcity, it's okay. not always about the thing that you think it's about. <laughs> totally. In general, I think with our brokenness, it's not always about the thing that it's about. <laughs> totally. Um, what I'm thinking about is cultivating virtue maybe mm. and rooting out sin that more often than not, we're focused on the sin and stopping the sin. How do I stop the behavior? Mm -hmm. How do I detach from this vice? But the antidote to the vice is, is actually in cultivating the virtue. So it's like our eyes are on something totally different. And I feel this way about like my Lenten penances, that when I ask the Lord, what should I do? I think I need to do X. And he's like, actually, why don't you do Y? And I'm like, wait, but how does that this is a problem. This has like a big bullseye on it. Like this is an issue. And he's like, no, actually there's something underneath that issue. And I want to heal that. I want to deal with that. It's going to be a swing and a miss every time because you don't have like the wound hasn't been healed beneath it. The mindset hasn't been healed beneath it. Yeah. I can think of Anger, for example. I yeah. think that's brilliant that you said that. I think we can think like, I need to be less angry. Like I need to stop lashing out in anger. But it's like what you actually need is to breathe. Yes. 
Totally. Like you need to stop holding. <laughs> like I'm talking about like physical. Do you know that time where you're like, oh, I didn't realize I had been holding my breath for the past like 40 seconds. Yeah. Just out of anger or anxiety mm-hmm. or rage. For me, it's like shallow breathing. Yes. Like I'm like, oh, I feel like I haven't even taken like a true deep breath. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I know I have an anger problem. So I'm like hyper-focused on this anger problem and I get so mad at myself and feel so much shame when I do lash out in anger. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, what is the antidote to anger that instead we could be focused on? Well, and, and this I think is the work of grace in our lives. This is why the Holy Spirit, relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important because you can look at that anger and say, okay, the thing I need to work on, the virtue I need to cultivate is patience. But if you were to bring that to God in prayer, he might say, actually, there's fear there. Can we talk about your fear that's making you lash out and try to control? So it's almost like an image I use a lot when I talk about who we want to be versus who we are today is like trying to pole vault across the Grand Canyon. Like over here is my anger and over there is patience. But the way to get across is to talk to Jesus about my fear. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I'm just thinking, I was smirking earlier because I I was just thinking how your yes to God that is a response to grace in your vocation has been healing for me. Mm. I saw a lot of anger and I had a lot of fear about anger. And I actually remember very early on in moving here, Mm. Mike, (laughs) we were in the way old house, the Auburn house. Yeah. And Mike was being just passionate. He was just being himself. And like Mike's a big guy. And so he's like, has kind of like a commanding voice. Yeah. And and I felt myself feeling very unsafe. And I can think of other experiences, mostly with men, that I would be like, I'm shutting down. Like I am going into fight or flight because you're raising your voice. But like he just has a loud voice, you mm-hmm. know. But mm-hmm. I was unable to like separate passion from anger or even like just loud from anger. And I remember Mike being like, what's going on with you? Why are you? I'm not yelling at you. I'm like, you are yelling at me. I'm like crying in the kitchen. You know? And anyway, now I'm doing what I normally do, which is tell multiple stories within one story. But I feel like even in like the, what is this now? Like almost seven or eight years of our friendship, I've seen you grow in patience mm. in this like virtue of real gentleness of like, Something will happen. I'll watch it like with the kids and you don't say anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I don't know if you're breathing. I don't know. Well, I do know you're like fuming, (laughs) but you wait to respond Mm -hmm. and then respond with gentleness, which is just grace and how that has healed me. Mm. So to think about like what you're saying about healing your children and the generations, but like you... Like your yes to Jesus is healing my generations Mm. because I've now seen how it can be done differently. Yes. And now it feels more possible for me to do differently. Yes. That is so cool. Yeah. I. I, That's funny that you say that. I think the fruits of the Holy Spirit are so helpful. Yes. To look at in prayer, blank, period. Like, Like sit down with Galatians. Five. Five. 22. 
I'm stuttering because Mike and I did a podcast episode. We recorded one. Oh, I talked about Romans 5 there. So I'm like, how is that? I was remembering yeah, perseverance yeah. and hope. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Romans 5. St. Paul, thank you for what you did for the church. Anyway, Galatians 5, fruits of the Holy Spirit. I just want to invite you to sit down with them. Like I remember, and you reminded me of this. So thank you. Like I remember that gentleness was highlighted for me mm. when I prayed, just read about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful when there are people in your life and you have like the prayer life mm. to be able to say like, oh, the Lord like lit up something in that situation or in this person that actually maybe means something to me. Yeah. So just that invitation that we love to do, which is like pay attention to your mm -hmm. life. And yeah, the Lord has so much to tell you and to reveal to you and to to do in your heart. And he's showing you that in your own life. Mm -hmm. Like you don't even have to go digging for content. Yeah. It like exists where you are. So many things that I want to say about that. Also just an encouragement that it's already happening. Yeah. Like you don't have to make it happen. You, you can just, as you're saying, pay attention to your life. Yeah. I had this really beautiful grace in prayer this morning. St. Therese has really come forward and she's not my patron for the year. And we have a complicated relationship <laughs> for a lot of reasons I won't get into, but she's really coming forward in a, I don't want to say aggressive, but a bold way. And I am already wildly benefiting mm. from her like spiritual motherhood. I feel like she's really helping me to conquer certain things in my personality or like psychological wounds, like for whatever reason, she's like coming forward very strongly and spoke to my spiritual director about it, just to have been paying attention to that. And then this morning, the Lord brought up just a, a memory, kind of a tough memory actually from my time in Ireland during last Lent. And just like curiously, it wasn't even a fully formed thought. I just said to the Lord, like, you know, what's the deal with Therese? Like, was she there? Like, she seems very invested in me suddenly, but like, I understand the way these things work that sometimes we just don't like see them. And immediately I remembered that there is like a little side altar is too generous. It's just like a little display almost in the back corner of the Galway Cathedral with her relic mm. and like her story. And she was there behind me. I mean, I prayed in that cathedral every single day. I left my heart in that cathedral. And she was so subtly mm. interceding, directing, befriending, mothering me. And I just couldn't see it, but it was already there. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of one of the things that that I'm reflecting on as we like look at the patience of Jesus and talk about the subtlety of grace. Mm -hmm. But like there was no rush for me to figure out what Therese was going to do in my life or mm -hmm. what her role would be or what graces her prayers for me would bring about in my life. Like just the fact that I'm present to it today, the Lord is putting it together in retrospect because he's been at work the whole time because he's that patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been doing this homeschool curriculum with my kindergartner, and there's some art included mm. on some of the days. It's a language arts curriculum, but they have like art study on some of the days. Anyway, so I'll like see this piece of art 
And I'm not a big art fan. I mean, I love beautiful things. Yeah, yeah. And I'll like see something, whatever. I'm not a fanatic. And I wish I was. Like, I think it's very, I think art is very cool. Anyway. So there's like this piece of art, like nature. And I'm like, this is boring, you know? But they like tell you what to say in the curriculum. They like say, read to your child. And you like read it. So it says like, pay attention or not pay attention, but do you see the shadows and light? And you like explain what shadow and light is. Mm. And then you say, show me all the places where there's shadows. Wow. And then it says, show me all the places where it's light. And then it somehow brings it together into something. Wow. But it's just like through the eyes of her pointing out, she always has to circle the shadows. She's like, can I circle it? I'm like, sure. Yeah, circle it. Like she just has these big circles of shadows on yeah, this yeah. piece of art. Anyway, but like to see this art piece through her eyes of just that, like paying attention to see things, to spend more time on something mm. so that you can actually see it for what it is. See what God is revealing to you in it. Anyway, that made me think of it with the trust story. Like, what is she doing? Well, yeah. she was there. You just, our whole lives are passing us by. And do we stop to see the shadow? Yeah. To see the light. To wow. see the sunshine. To see these moments of generosity, of grace from God that we can actually take and use and live in. I don't know. I mean... I don't know either. I feel like my mind is exploding with this image of shadow. I'm thinking about Peter and John in Acts chapter three. And when they're walking through the temple, I think it's them. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's, but it is an Acts. Paul maybe. And the people are like, you know, the suffering, the sick, like just want to be in his path so that even his shadow might fall upon them and like they would be healed. And so I love this invitation to like, to pay attention to the shadow. And I'm thinking, Jenna, like when we're attentive to that, it's almost like we're seeing the shadow of Jesus pass by. Mm. And like, that's where he's walked mm. and where like the light of God has like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a really apt mm -hmm. analogy. I also think in that example Having the script, like having someone tell you and help you to mm -hmm. pay attention is everything. Yes. And I think that's true of the Christian life in general, but I think in a particular way, this is really good for Lent. Lent is an opportunity to really pay attention to God's activity in your life. Yes. And how your life is kind of laid over as a Christian, as another Christ, laid over the pattern of Jesus's passion and death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. But it takes a certain um, attentiveness. Yeah. And grace. We can't even see it on our own, you know? I didn't see Therese there. Until you asked. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I think that's the point is to ask. Like to not be like, oh, that's an interesting thought and like never let it, <laughs> never um, ruminate over it, never ponder as Our Lady would. Mm, so good. Mm -hmm. With that being said... Should we close in prayer? I think we've got enough to ponder. Yes. <laughs> in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we receive your love. We open our hands, our hearts, to receive the graces flowing forth from your heart in this conversation. I ask that you seal the graces, seal the truth in the precious blood of Jesus. And Mother Mary, would you spread your mantle of love 
and protection over us. Um, Over this season, over these conversations, over each and every woman walking with us, be our mother in this season and always. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, PD. Jenna, thank you. What a treat. Agreed. See you next week. Will do.